I'm going to be what the Lord's called me to be. Amen. He's a good God. He's a mighty God. Set first angel 17. First angel 17. Read verse four verses of scripture. And then I will probably leave it for a little while and come back to it. There say amen. amen. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. And were gathered together, you should call, which belongeth to Judah. And pitched between Shekov and Ezekiah. How do you say this next name? I don't know. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together in pits by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array again against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. There was a valley between them. They went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Verse 1 again. Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together Shekal, which belonged to Judah. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, I ask you that you would touch us here in this place today, God. Touch every life, touch every heart, touch every soul. God, help us in this place today, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand. Her name's Leah. One of the most heart-wrenching, hardest stories that we may find in the Word of God. One that would seem to be cheated of so much. When I think of the story of Leah, I'm actually very saddened by her story. If you don't know who Leah is, let me just quickly tell you. Leah was the wife of Jacob. Those who know who Jacob is, Jacob, um, he was a son of Isaac and Rebekah. He was a deceiver, the supplanter. He ran from his brother uh, Esau when he cheated him out of uh, uh, the birthright. And he ran. He ran to his uncle Laban's house. And when he came up to Laban's house, one of the first things he seen was Rachel, very beautiful, very beautiful to look upon. And and uh, brother Donnie, he he decided that I'm going to marry her. He struck a deal up with uh, Rachel's father Laban, his uncle, and he began to. Uh, uh, work a deal out with him. He said, if you'll work for me seven years, then I will give you my daughter, Rachel, hand in marriage. Those who are not familiar with the story, I just want to tell it anyway, Brother Donnie, because it's, it is just a good story and a and, uh, very heart-wrenching story because all of a sudden it comes the time. Seven years had gone, Sister Michelle, and it was time for, for Jacob to get his wife, Rachel. The ceremony, the procedures, and everything goes through. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, the next morning, he wakes up and he comes to find out with him is not Rachel, but it is Rachel's sister, Leah. 
Now, to me, this story is very different, crazy. I can't understand, Brother Donnie. They must have, during that time, I guess, got him very drunk at the night. I, I don't know exactly. But I, I would think, you know, um, he would recognize the one he'd been watching for seven years. But nevertheless, when he realized who he was with, he felt very deceived by Laban. And uh, he was upset. Can you imagine how Leah felt? According to the Bible, the only thing that we really see about her appearance, we, we see that Rachel was very beautiful. We see that she was a very beautiful woman to look upon. And that maybe that's one reason that, that uh, Jacob uh, really liked her so much. He, he looked at the beauty of her and everything. But uh, uh, Leah, the Bible just tells us that she had tender eyes. Everything that we can tell, it appears that she evidently was not the pretty one. You get an amen. But Donnie, she was cheated. She was thrown into a marriage. I don't know if she liked Jacob or not. I have no idea. During those times, that women unfortunately didn't have a, a lot of say-so of who they was going to marry and all that. It was arranged marriages and all that kind of stuff. No doubt she felt very, very cheated and she felt very upset. But uh, uh, J uh, Laban said, look, you know, and the reason he done this, he figured out God was blessing Jacob. He's blessing me. So I've got to keep him around here somehow or another. So you know what? Jacob was a deceiver and a supplanter. So he got done the very same way. Just give me a minute to build something. I, I'm going to go somewhere here tonight. I'm going to try to help us. And then Laban said, work for me seven more years. And then you can have Rachel. He said, but just fulfill the week of Leah first. Be with her for a week. Give us that. And then I'll give you Rachel. Can't you imagine this is fair in Leah's heart? I think about this story so much. The, the one who, the one in this story that is that seems to be uh, that's so heartbroken. That the one who is who's struggling to find love and, and finding somebody to love her. Her dad. You, you look at the story. Her dad. Evidently, she had to be upset at dad because dad throwed her in a bad situation, throwed her out there like that. She was the older one, and dad said, "Look," and he was just using her to keep blessings at his house. And and you know you can't have her because the older one's not been married yet. He was just using Leah. He was used by Leah. But evidently we look at the story and even though the Bible talks about how uh, Jacob didn't want Leah but he wanted Rachel but you know what? Evidently it didn't stop him from wanting something else. Because they still had kids. So when we look at this story I look at Leah and I see her as, as one that, that was trying her best to have somebody and the Lord seen her. And the Lord looked upon her. In the book of Genesis chapter 29, we read of, of, of Leah. And all of a sudden, in verse 31, it said, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, can you imagine your husband hated you? Didn't really want to be with you, but yet he was still using you. This is, this is a heartbreaking story to me. She was probably no doubt broken inside. And the Bible said that God looked at her, looked at her love, how even though she was hated by him, and he, she, he, he, she was not the one that Jacob wanted. She loved her husband anyway. She gave uh, a due benevolence to him and, and performed the, the services of a wife anyway to him, even though she, that he was, uh, she was hated by him. And the Bible said he 
The Lord saw that Leah was hated and he opened up her womb. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and she bare a son and she called his name Reuben. For she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction and now therefore my husband will love me. She looked at uh, her first son and she said, I'm going to call him Reuben because I'm afflicted in the place that I am. And you know what? That's how so many people are. They're going through things in their life and, and they start naming situations around them and they start birthing things in their life. And you know what? We start birthing things, but if we're not careful, we'll start naming some things that we shouldn't name them. She named him affliction. And again, she conceived and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he therefore hath given me a son. And she called his name Simeon. Now all of a sudden she started to get a little bit and she said, You know what? God's hearing me. So I'm going to call him Simeon because that means heard. But again, she can't bear and get, had another son and, and said, now the time will my husband be joined with me because I have borne with him three sons. Now therefore she called his name Evidently, Jacob still did not love her. And finally, in desperation, I, I, I read something. I was doing some study on this. I read something that that uh, uh, that said that uh, um, that they thought maybe that it was three of them that he ended up being with. It ended up being with Rachel, her handmaid. And then Leah and her handmaid, the four women. And, and they was thinking, well, maybe, you know, God's going to bless each and every one of them. And it, it was not like a big competition or something. But you know what? Something got inside of her. She said, I want to make sure that I bear children for my husband. If he's not going to love me, he's not going to care for me. I want to give something to him. But finally, the Bible says in verse 35, she conceived again, bear a son, and said, now... Well, I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And then she left there. Leah finally said, you know what? If my husband won't love me, I'm going to praise God anyway. Somebody say Judah. Judah. I'm going to praise God anyway. Brother Donnie, Judah means praise. When she looked at that final son and she realized you know what? I'm not worried about my husband loving me. God, all I want to worry about right now is I want to praise you because you've given me four sons. God, you've given me blessings anyway. Even though I might not be getting the uh, the love and the, and the praise from somewhere else, God, I'm going to praise anyway. Somebody say praise tonight. I'm going to tell you tonight, when God saved you, when you were born again of the water and of the Spirit, have you know you need to be born again of the water and the Spirit? Amen. Come on, we can do better than that. This is an apostolic church. We're a Jesus name church. We're a church that believes in being filled with the Spirit. We're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. You can't be apostolic if you're not filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you something. There's something about apostolics, people who's born again, brother, brother Cliff. Hallelujah. They have this 
Pentecostal experience. You know what they say about them? They're praisers. They're worshipers. Hallelujah. You know why? Because we was born just like Judah to praise God. Because let me tell you something. If you'll study the lineage, guess where Jesus came from? He came from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. Judah was born to praise. And so are you born to praise. Hallelujah. Just hang on. I, I want to do a little story with this, and I'm going to go somewhere this night, hopefully. Uh, God will help me with this. Praise God. We were born to praise. Somebody said you were born to praise. Praise. Somebody say praise. Praise. Praise is a very important part of our relationship with God. You can't truly serve God without praising Him. Amen. And this is what Leah figured out. And having her children. She was birthing things in her life, Brother Donnie, just out trying to please somebody else. But finally, God gave her the revelation. Look, Leah, you don't need the love of your husband. You just need to praise me. Come on, folks, listen to me. When you come to this thing, you may be trying to give a, a, a do this for the wrong reason and naming things the wrong thing, but we need to understand something. God created you to praise. You know why? He inhabits the praises of his people, according to Psalm 20. 22 and 3. God inhabits our praise. Hallelujah. We should praise God without reservation tonight. Whether we're the house of God or in our house, at Walmart, at school, our lives should say praise. Our lives should lift up God. Our lives should glory God, glorify God. Our praise, hallelujah, is to draw us closer to God. Hallelujah. It draws us closer to Him and to worship Him. People who do not praise God are people who do not have power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. Somebody that never praises the Lord, Brother Donnie, there's no power in them. But when we begin to learn how to praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody do it right now. Somebody praise him in his house. Somebody praise him. Well, Lord, you don't, you don't understand where I'm at. I can't praise God right now. Come on, brother Lord, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. I can't praise God right now. Come on, next time you get to thinking about that, I want you to go back and think about Leah when she doesn't have three boys and her husband still didn't love her. Her husband didn't want her in the first place. But finally she birthed something in her life, hallelujah, that said I have birthed praise in my life. I'm going to praise God now while I praise God. If my husband doesn't love me, I'm going to praise him anyway. Hear me, if life is not going good, you have to praise him anyway. If circumstances aren't good, you have to praise him anyway. Because God has called you to praise him and love him. Come on. After all, God created us to take the place of Lucifer. And Lucifer's job was to praise. Hallelujah. And worship God. And God, he created us to take his place. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise. Understand tonight, there's times in our life and circumstances that we hurt so bad. Come on, I know some of you out there, you've been through things in the last several years and this year, this year also. Hallelujah. You come 
out in the house of God and it hurts. There are situations that grips our hearts and it tears us apart. And we feel such a level of desperation in our spirit. Hallelujah. We feel hopeless. We feel helpless. We feel powerless. We feel like our world is crumbling and falling to pieces. Hallelujah. But Psalm 34, David made a conscious decision. He said, I will praise the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. He chose to continually praise God, to keep praises of God in his mouth. Hallelujah. Come on, hear me. As Leah praised God, she went through all this stuff in this battle. She felt rejected from her, from her daddy. She felt rejected. Hallelujah. From her husband. No doubt she probably felt rejected from her sister because God had opened her womb and God had shut Rachel's womb. But finally, she decided, I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise him. And when she birthed her son, Judah, hallelujah. Oh, she said, you know what? I'm going to choose to praise the Lord in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of my situations. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise him anyway. It's at this place. Maybe you've heard the song. I, I told Bethany was coming. I said, I wish you knew that song. Send up Judah. Anybody heard that? Send up Judah. Why, why do they sing that song? Because Judah gets praise. What they're really saying is that send up praise. Because praise has to go up. And when we look at this, this, this term Judah, we learn that Judah, he is the fourth son of of Jacob, hallelujah. And Judah is so important. I was listening, we went to uh, hear Brother Bounce preach here a while back, and he was he was preaching a little bit about uh, about about some of this stuff and, and something he said even spurred this message. And I know I left my text and I promise I'll get back to it in a little bit, but we gotta understand this before we before I preach that part of it. We gotta understand where Judah come from. We gotta understand the importance of what Judah is all about, because Judah in our time represents our praise. And we got to understand that through praise is where Jesus came from. Jesus did not come usually to let his walk down through the firstborn child. But because of different things that happened, it fell down to Judah. Hallelujah. And that's where the Bible said the scepter shall not leave the house of Judah in the word of God. And through the house of Judah is where David was born. Through the house of Judah is where Jesus is born. Hallelujah. And through Judah is where we're still going to have victory today. We're only going to have victory if we learn how to praise, we got to understand something about Judah. Judah, hallelujah, is a reason that Israel was even saved during that time. You know why? Brother Brown's talked about this at Lighthouse. Because all the brothers got mad at Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph in the story? The beloved son. When Rachel finally had a child, it was the beloved son. But all the brothers didn't like Joseph. And they wanted to throw Joseph in the... Actually, wanted to kill Joseph. But it was Judah that stood up and he interceded for his brother Joseph, which was going to be their salvation and said no we can't do that we can't kill hallelujah our future hallelujah because if Joseph was going to be their future and they had killed Joseph they could have never ever hallelujah been delivered out of the place out of the famine that was at you know what's wrong with some people in this place you're destroying your future hallelujah and we need praise to stand up and begin to intercede for what's going on in our life. There's a payment coming our way. And if you don't have praise in your life, and Judah don't stand up and begin to say, no, we're not going to kill our future. Hallelujah. But we're going to save him somehow or another. It was Judah. 
we go on and see this, hallelujah. And like I said, Brother Brother Bounds talked about this and those that was up there. It may be a repeat for you to know somebody wasn't it's so important for where I'm where I'm heading to before this service is over tonight. It was also Judah that we see later in the chapter that, that stood up and said, I will be surety for the younger son, Benjamin, when Joseph was saying, Bring me Benjamin. Or, or you know, I know when Joseph was just testing them and all that, but it was Judah that would stand up and said, I'm gonna make sure that, that child is safe. Let me tell you something. It was, hallelujah, Judah that stood up. And we've got to understand this tonight. It was for the tribe of Judah that the descendants, I know I've done said it, but it was the tribe of Judah. It was the largest number of tribes that come out of Egypt in bondage. It was the largest son. What's that tell me tonight? It means that Judah has got to be the largest thing, hallelujah, in your life. When you're coming out of bondage, the biggest thing in your life has to be a Judah. It has to be praise, hallelujah. We have to understand that tonight. You cannot let praise guide your life. You need Judah to be strong in your life. It was from the tribe of, the, of Judah that Jesus Christ came, that King David came from, hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say Judah. Judah. Come on, somebody say send up Judah. Lord, I just don't understand where you're going with this. Just hang on. Just hang on. We find the book of Judges in two instances where the Lord said to the tribe of Judah, you're supposed to go first before any of the enemies in battle. We find the first one in Judges 1 and 2 when all of a sudden Joshua, he, he's, he's uh, Joshua, but when they, when they, uh, they, praise the Lord. I don't remember which one it was, but I know it was in, uh, in Judges when they was going to go in the first one, the Canaanite. Uh, they, they responded and said, Who is going to go before us? What tribe is going to go first? You know what the Lord said to them? I want you to send Judah first. Why? Because, Brother Donnie, praise has got to be before anything. Somebody say praise. praise. Somebody say praise has got to be first. The second time we find it in Judges 20 and 18, when once again the children of Israel wanted to go and fight a battle. They said, who's going to go first? You know what the word said? Said Judah. Why? Because Judah has to be first. Somebody say, send up Judah. Do we understand how important praise is in our life? Do we really understand how important praise is in our life? We've got to understand that. Folks, we're in a battle. Our church is in a battle. You know what the devil's trying to do to our church right now? He's trying to destroy our praise. You're right, Brother, brother, brother Cliff. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. You know how he's trying to do that? He's trying to destroy our praise. He wants to take your praise. He wants to destroy your praise. He wants you to get up in the morning and he wants you to feel like you have nothing to praise God for. You have nothing to be thankful for. You have no reason to live. All you he, all he want, he wants you to, he wants this church to do, he wants us as individuals, he wants us to go find a rock and hide behind it somewhere. Never wants to do. We can look around tonight, and sometimes it's kind of easy to do that in everything you're going through. You look around, you see seats that you'd like to be filled up. You see people that's not here that you'd like to see here. You look at your household, and you, you see finances that's not where you'd like it to be. You see relationships not being where you'd like it to be. You see all this stuff going on in your life, Brother Don, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm in a battle. What am I supposed to do? It brings me to my text once again tonight. First Samuel 17 and verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together in Shekal. I never thought about this before. I heard Brother Bounds 
He said this very briefly. And I don't know if this is a sermon to Madisonville or where was that, but he said this very briefly. And it, it, it says this. He ended up saying this. They gathered together in Shekoff, which belongs to Judah. Would you let that sink in your head for a second? Where did the Philistines choose to fight them at? They chose to fight them, Brother Donnie, at a place that belonged to Judah. You know where the devil's going to fight you? He's going to choose to fight you on the place that you're supposed to have, the place that praise is supposed to own. And that's exactly where the battle, the devil is going to come, the enemy. He's going to come and he's going to fight us. It, it should not be a surprise to us to see that the place the Philistines gathered the battle, the children of Israel, belong to Judah, which is praise. Come on, I want to tell you today, the enemy is always going to fight you on the battlefield of praise. You want a title tonight? That is it for this night. The battlefield of praise. Brother Cliff, we're in a battle. And the battle is about praise, Brother Donnie. Because, see, the thing that we really love and care about is the thing that we're going to praise. Right? The things you love in this life, you'll praise. And the devil's going to fight you with your praise. He's going to come against you with your praise. He's going to try his best to destroy you. You know why? Because Revelations 4 and 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure are they and were they created. Let me tell you right now, Brother Donnie, we were created to praise God. Amen. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you was, you was created to praise God. We were like Judah. We was born to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We were born to praise God. God created us on this earth. I done said it. To take Lucifer's place. He was a throne bearer. He was the one that had to be control of all the praise. Hallelujah. In heaven. But let me tell you something. Oh, come on. When the devil lost that position, he said, I'm going to create me a man. And I'm going to let them praise me. And that's what you're here for. We're here to praise God. We're here to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you what we've got to learn how to do. We've got to learn how to put God first in our life. We've got to learn to fight the devil, hallelujah, at the battlefield of praise. Amen. You think about this story. I begin to think about the story. I begin to think about uh, 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 what uh, this, this battle meant and where they was at on the property Judah. The devil's going to hit you with praise. Praise and worship. The devil wants to take your praise from you. This is where you see Leah. She was, all she wanted, she was looking for that love from her husband. Just looking for her love from her husband. When finally she said, you know what? I can't get it from there. And I'm just going to praise God anyway. And that's why she named him Judah. Come on. I'm asking us tonight. Are you hiding behind a rock? On the battlefield of praise? Because when you look at this story, that's exactly what happened, Brother Donnie. You look at this story. And, and I, I read it earlier. You can read through the uh, the, uh, the uh, First Samuel chapter seventeen, and you, this is the story. If you don't know it, this is the story where David battled Goliath. 
This is the story where all of a sudden Goliath stands up on the mountain and he looks like he's a great big, uh, big, big situation that you can't get around. And where did Goliath come and start voicing his opinion and saying, send me a man to fight. Oh, if there's anybody out there can fight me. Oh, send them my way. You know what the children of Israel begin to do at the battlefield of Judah and the battlefield of praise? The Bible said they begin to run and hide behind rocks. Oh, we can talk about them all we want, but that's what's going on right now. The devil has come in and he's screaming out, come on, send me a man. Hallelujah. And you know what? Oh, come on send me somebody out to fight me and what's happening brother Donnie our people are running and hiding behind rocks and acting like they're scared to death but what we need is somebody to rise up hallelujah we need a David to get up praise God we need a David that understands what that battlefield is about understand what Judah is about David he walked on that battlefield and he looked around and he seen the men he seen the men hiding behind rocks hallelujah somebody said he was fighting for the king's uh, uh, fighting for the king's daughter no he wasn't he was fighting for Judah that was where he came from that was his descendant he knew what praise is about hallelujah he knew what it was like to praise God on the backside rejected him, hallelujah, and his brothers rejected him, he understood hallelujah, where that come from and David walked up there and he said, I don't know why you're quitting in the battlefield of praise is there not a cause is there not a reason to fight have you not read where God always sent for Judah to go out there no wonder the Philistines going to fight us right here at praise we're not entering this battlefield by ourselves, God is on our side, I want you to send out Judah and just begin to praise. And they begin to do it, Brother Cliff. And they sent out Judah and Judah began to praise. And finally, when they got to the battlefield, you know what they found? That all the enemy was dead. You know why? Because all of a sudden, there was three different armies that come together, come against the children of Israel, and they didn't know what to do. But, uh, but God told Jehoshaphat, just go praise. Just go praise. I don't want you to lift up an arm to fight. I don't want you to lift up a sword or anything else. Just walk out there and begin to praise. And you know what happened, Brother Cliff? The Bible said that all them armies turned on each other and began to destroy themselves. And matter of fact, the Bible said after they done that, it took them three days to carry away the spoil that was there. Let me tell you what God wants to do for us tonight. He not only, hallelujah, want to give you victory, but he wants to take what the devil has stolen from us. He wants to give us a spoil, hallelujah, and it's only going to come when we really learn how to praise the Lord, hallelujah, and do the praise. You know what happens when you begin to praise? He drives the devil nuts. You're going through a battle, and you begin to praise God, when you're going through the battle, the devil don't know what to do. Well, how do you think Goliath felt? Hallelujah. When he looked, no doubt, across the, the all the armies, and, and we know Goliath, according to the smallest statures, he probably was about nine feet tall. Nine feet tall. There won't be nine feet in here. I can tip your toe and touch eight. So maybe about the top where that light is up there, about nine feet tall. I envision David, a young lad of about 17 years old, 
walking up. And that's by the shortest standard. Some standards said he could have been larger than that. He walks out there. Goliath walks out there in the battlefield of Judah, the battlefield of praise, and begins to call. He begins to shout out, saying, send me a man. And David comes out, and he looks at all the men hiding behind rocks. He's like, what are y'all doing? This is not the place to do this. This is the place that God's already given us victory anyway. Judah owns this land. Praise owns this land. And we're sure not going to let the enemy come in on praise. He said, is there not a cause for us to fight for this? Is there not a cause? And he looks around at all of them. He said, we're going to fight anyway. But can you imagine the lion? As David walks out there, as a matter of fact, the word of God tells us, he begins to laugh and he begins to mock. <laughs> You're sending out these kids like this? Oh, look at this. Just a little bit of kid coming. The Bible said he went down. He said he went and picked him up five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. Let Brother Texas get his time tried, but. He got broke something in the house trying to do this. We're not going to do that. Oh, why not? I'll try. Five smooth stones. Oh, yeah. I'm going to mess up, right? Yeah. Cheryl's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Who's going to get hit? No, he's going to say he's awake. Yeah, I'm going to wake you up one way or another. David's standing there with a stone and a sling and four more in his pocket. And Goliath looks at him and begins to laugh. And David looks at him. He said, you know what? I come to you in the name of the Lord. And Brother Donnie, he didn't worry about how big the situation looked. He didn't worry about what was going on. He didn't, it didn't bother him to how big he was. Because David understood something. He understood God's done delivered me before from the bear. He's done delivered me from the lion. This is in me. I'm from that tribe of Judah. And I'm not going to let this uncircumcised Philistine walk into my place of praise and try to destroy me. And I'm telling you right now what's wrong with the people right now. In this time, in this church, you're letting the devil walk right in the middle of your praise. Right in the middle of your world. Where Lord God has created you to worship him and magnify him, Brother Donnie. And we're letting the devil take over. I'm here to declare war on the devil and tell you right now, Satan, there's a church that's going to rise up. Hallelujah. Praise is not an act. Hallelujah. Of flesh. It's an act that it has to come from our heart. It takes some discipline to train ourselves to praise God no matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter if the bills aren't paid. Hey, we got to praise Him anyway. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. If the kids don't want to go to the house of God, we got to praise Him anyway. It doesn't matter if your husband or your wife don't want to go to church. We got to praise Him anyway. It doesn't matter if everything is good or if everything is bad. We've got to praise him anyway. It doesn't matter. You see the glory.
collapse of our world are going to cry out. They're going to try to scare us. They're going to try their best to defeat us. Come on. But I hear David, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Saying the voice of truth is crying out to me. Hallelujah. Come on. There's a voice of truth tonight in this place telling us we don't have to let the devil defeat us on the battlefield of praise. Oh. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's in our eye right now? Sister Michelle. Oh, come on. When they're saying bow down to the images of this generation, they're saying bow down to the gods of this generation. Come on. Oh, they're telling you, you don't have to, you don't have to dress like that. You don't have to dress holy and apostolic like that. You don't have to speak in tongues and make it to heaven. Oh, come on. They're telling you, you don't, you don't have to do like that. You don't got to baptize in Jesus' name. Where the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that to stand up and say, oh, king, I'm not careful to answer you with this. I'm not going to bow down to your God that you created. I'm going to stand for my God. Even though it may throw me in the fire, I'm still going to praise him because I'm not going to lose the battlefield of praise. I'm going to praise him anyway. We're on the Daniels, hallelujah. They said, king, I'm going to pray anyway. Oh, I'm telling you, it's an hour that we still got to pray. Where's the Paul and Silas? Though you may be thrown in jail and in shackles, hallelujah, at midnight, you'll get together and you'll sing and you'll worship God anyway. Come on. There's, there's too many empty seats in the house of God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I'm just going to get comfortable and untuck my shirt because I don't care what anybody thinks tonight. It's time for this church to praise God. Oh, come on. We walk in here and we push praise. Come on. We got to worship God. We got to worship God. Do you know why you don't worship in here? We don't worship out there. Hallelujah. And we got to learn how to praise God whether we're in the house of God or at the house or at the school or at Walmart. Hallelujah. At the food time, we gotta praise God no matter where we are. Come on. You'll find in the word of God at the heat of the battle. What do they do? They put Judah out front. Let me tell you what, you get in the heat of the battle, you know what you gotta do? You gotta put praise out there. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You gotta get up. Brother God, you know we got to start saying, God, I thank you for filling the seats. God, I thank you for filling the van. God, I thank you for giving this new van. Hallelujah. You people to drive van, Lord, with a multiple van, you're going to get it. I thank God for the kids that's going to come in and get the Holy Ghost. And their lives going to be changed. I thank you, God, for the drug addicts that's going to come off the, city, the streets. And God, you're going to change their lives. You're going to put them in the pulpit. You're going to put them on the drum. You're going to put them in the Sunday school room. God, I thank you for the new building. we got to start praising God when it looks like it's not going to work. we got to praise him anyway. we got to magnify God. we got to praise him with everything we got. Church, we got to praise him. It's so easy. It's so easy to stop in the middle of the battle. It's so easy, Brother Donnie, to sit down and we're tired and we're winded and we don't know what to do. I tell you, when you don't know what to do, there's only one thing to do. You praise him anyway. You stand up, hallelujah. Come on, listen to me. When Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, you know what he said? He said, the first thing you need to do, you need to praise. And when you get done praying, you need to praise. Come on. You know what he says about Aaron in his courts and his 
days, he's sitting in the courts and his gates with praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We need to learn how to praise because the devil is going to fight us at the battlefield of praise. He's going to fight your mind because that's where it's coming from. The battlefield is your mind. Oh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, spirits, hallelujah, wickedness in high places. But come on, what do we got to do? We got to tear down strongholds. Hallelujah. Bring in the captivity every thought and the obedient to Christ. And the only way to do that is we've got to praise our way out of it. We've got to love him no matter what's going on. We've got to praise him no matter what's happening. Oh, come on, devil. I know you might fight us. You may come against us. But I believe there's a church right here in Marion. Oh, that's in the middle of the battle. Of the battlefield of praise. And we're going to praise him anyway. Oh, brother, that's something bad goes on in our world. You know, we, we get on Facebook and we tell everybody about how bad our world is. Oh, come on. We call everybody that's in our, in our phone book a uh, contact and we talk to them and we text them. Oh, oh, I got a bad thing going on in my world. Oh, my woe is me. But I wonder what would happen if we quit doing that. Hallelujah. And we just start saying, God, oh, God, I love you no matter what. I praise you no matter what. No matter what I'm going through. No matter what I'm battling, God, I'm going to praise you anyway. Somebody would do that in this place tonight. I want somebody just begin to praise God. Oh God, the house is not full, but God, I praise you for filling it up. Oh God, my kids are not in church with me, but God, I'm going to praise you for I'm going to be here next Sunday. Oh God, oh God, well, that bill's not paid, but I'm going to go ahead and praise you for it right now. Oh come on, I want somebody say, Oh God, my family's not here with me, my mama's not here, my daddy's not here, but I'm going to praise you anyway. Oh God, we've not had nobody there with the Holy Ghost in a while, but I'm going to. Praise you anyway. Oh God, we're not baptizing anybody in a while, but I'm gonna praise you anyway. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. What's the Bible say about it? Psalms 150. Praise you, the Lord. Praise God in this sanctuary. I wonder if somebody would praise God in this sanctuary tonight. Come on, everything you can think of, praise Him. Magnify Him. Lift your voice. Love Him in this place. He said, praise Him in the permit of His power. Oh, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psalter in the heart. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the string instruments on the organ. Praise Him with the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise you, the Lord. Come on. I wish somebody would praise Him for the... I wish there'd be some young people back there. Oh, come on, kid. I know you're carrying on in this group. No, but I want you to begin to praise God. I will say, come on, guys. I know y'all ain't even listening to me, but I'm going to get back here with you right now. I wish some of y'all would stand up and raise your hands and begin to praise God and let the Holy Ghost come on you. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be a uh, bully in school. You can be the one, hallelujah, that God is going to use you to start a revival in your school. Oh, come on, we need to praise Him in this place. I know this is actually elementary. I know this is what we heard. I know this is so simple tonight, but it's so simple we forget what it's really about. We've got to praise him 
we've got to open our mouth and we've got to say, God, I love you. God, I praise you. Oh, come on. The devil may come to me with a sword and spear, but I come with the spirit of the Lord. And the only way you're going to get this battle won is if you'll do what God created you to do. He created you to praise. He created you to worship. And we can't sit down, whether it's in church or at home or at school. Hallelujah. We've got to praise him. Come on, I wish somebody would step out of their seat and begin to walk these out. Oh, come. Raise your hands and begin to thank God for everything you can, everything you wanted to do, and everything He has done. I wish they just begin to come on. If your mom and dad's not here, you want to get out of the seat and just start walking the aisle and say, Lord, I thank you for the day when my parents are going to come to church with me. Come on. I wish somebody would do that tonight. Oh, come on. If God's not giving you for the Holy Ghost, you want to step out of the aisle and begin to walk these aisles and say, God, I thank you for filling me the Holy Ghost. If you've not spoken tongues in a while, you want to step out of these aisles and begin to walk around and say, God, I need a good refilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. I only see one place in the word of God that tells about somebody that can't praise God and if you're not praising God on a regular basis this is you okay I get to say this and I'm going to be done and I'm going to praise the Lord myself but this is you if you're not praising God this is you Psalm 115 and 17 says the dead praise not the Lord neither any that go down in the silence if you're not praising God you know what the word of God says you must be dead and I don't want to be dead God's not coming after a dead church he's coming after a live church he's coming after a church that's made itself ready he's coming after a church hallelujah oh it's a out the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. Come on, praise is in your heart, it comes out of your mouth. Praise in your heart, it comes out of your hand. Praise is in your heart, it comes out of your feet. Praise is in your heart, it comes out of your life. I wish somebody would praise God in this house tonight. We let the devil fight us for too long. Come on. Come on, children. Hallelujah. Get out behind them rocks and begin to praise God. Get out behind them rocks. Come on. There's a day that wants to lead you. There's a day that from the tribe of Judah that says, I'm going to fight in this battle of praise. I'm not going to let the devil defeat me, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I don't care how big you are, Goliath. I'm not fighting by myself. God is on my side. I'm just going to praise him and let the Lord fight my battles. I wish somebody did that tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, I know somebody just walked in. That's good. I want you to do that. But what I want you to do is really praise. Won't you lift your hands? Won't you magnify him? Won't you shut everything else out and just begin to love the Lord in this place? Hallelujah. Get lost in praise. Get lost in magnifying God. Get lost in worthy sin. Say, God, I love you. God, I thank you. Come on. Thank you for everything you can think of. Thank you for, hallelujah, the beautiful sunshine. Bless him. Thank you. If you've 